1: Listen up, all What Happened When shirts are now $17.99. What? That's right, and we've lowered the price of shirts and we're donating 100% of profits to St. Jude. It's a win win. You get the shirts you love at a lower price, and together we are supporting kids and families in need. It's because we know the Ad Free Show community cares. Get your What Happened When shirts now for seventeen ninety nine at loisrules.com or check out all the charity shirts at adfreecares.com. Together, we're making a difference.
0: You know, I get the question all the time. Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. You don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations, and folks say, Well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payments you wanna have. Maybe the answer is zero, that's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. And when, by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be a hundred percent pal. You know, you can do better than a hundred percent interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house. If you already have a house, but you think, you know what? It's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y withconrad.com, NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. <laughs> Arcade, 605 NWA TV title, Cajun, Army, will the bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty Express Tag Team, Turner, in Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling
1: Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim rocket Promotions Tony and what they win Look, Shavani's back again World title split off, center stage,
2: Bischoff, Disney, Hogan and Nitro, New World
0: Order and The Crow, Thunder Russo, Arcade Champ, Vinny, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your
1: classy
2: podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh. Lois rules, can't pass. This wasn't the
0: initial plan. Tom's a good-looking man. Quad like Bill, make a chair. Tommy, come over here. What happened, when? WHW Monday.
1: And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co-host. Welcome, everyone, to a very special edition of What Happened When. It's Tony Shivani. and this is very special because I'm going to be talking to a girl who's become very famous, thanks to our podcast. What are you going eh, for? Girl. A uh, female. Woman. A, a grown woman. And, of course, it is Lois Shivani. Hey, sweetie.
2: Hey, darling.
1: Thanks for being with me.
2: I've been with you for forty one years. There's no quitting now.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't think you'd quit.
2: no well
1: I, you know what I, I'm going to talk about some most of the fans who have read Butts and Seats kind of know our story, but there's more to our story than just in in the in the comic book because it's it's kind of a a whirlwind romance and but I want to talk to you about being a wrestling wife or a wife whose husband is in wrestling and I know it's different than wrestlers, because back in the day, right, the wrestlers wrestled every day, and I did, and I was gone on, you know, some nights, and then Mm -hmm. on the Saturdays, so just how you you got along with that, but first of all, let me say this, and this is a good reason to to do this, this is a very, very famous week, and as this podcast drops, it's going to drop early on Patreon, and thanks to our Patreon subscribers, but as it drops for everyone else... It drops on April 6, 2022.
2: It does.
1: Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to you, by the way.
2: Thank you, darling.
1: Yeah. And um, so this is Lois rules at 70.
2: Oh, God.
1: How about that? 70 years old.
2: Can I cuss? <laughs> <laughs> no, My doctor told me that I'm a young 60s. Is
1: that what he said? She said? She
2: said, yes. She Well, I said, I'm 69. She goes, you're a young 69. So if 40 was the new 30 and 50 was the new 40 and 60 was the new 50, then 70 has to be the new 60s.
1: Okay. Right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. All right.
2: All right. Well,
1: that's a good start. Yeah, that is a good start. So she said you were a young 69. Did she mean health-wise, or what, what, what did she say? Was that just a little positive thing?
2: You know, I don't know, but I'll take any compliment any way I can get it, and okay. I felt like that was a compliment.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Well. good. Well, you're a young 70 now.
2: No. I'm the new sixty. i
1: okay, I'm sorry. She's the new sixty. <laughs> right, right. right. I, mean, I
2: don't look like I'm seventy, do no, I? No, no, you don't act
1: like you're seventy either. And and I and I and a I say that, a. I'm saying <laughs> Okay. Okay, yeah. Um uh, no, you don't act like it either and um and that's a good thing. I, I, I think in our marriage that we've tried to stay young, haven't we?
2: You have.
1: Well yeah, I have.
2: Yeah. I I haven't set it as a goal. Okay it's like i just i i don't want to be bogged down with um what is it like our moms and our and our dads and i they had this level of of being that was like Tradition and what their parents had passed on to them. Right. And real old school. And I feel like, yeah, I can be old school as far as their traditions and um, things, but I also need to acknowledge the young people of today and accept some of the the changes that life brings. Not, I I don't want to get political here and it's not the politics. Okay. I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's the young people. They have a voice where our generation and the ones before us didn't acknowledge the young people and what they have to say.
1: Right. It, it you was, know what I'm it, saying? Yeah, yeah. It was That's
2: kind of heavy. And, yeah. it was. Well,
1: yeah, I get it. And it's, it's a different world.
2: Yeah, it is. Now
1: than, I mean, yeah, our, our and parents, we have to adapt. Yeah, your parents, your dad, and my dad, both were in World War II. Mm-hmm. Your dad was, went on to be in the Korean War and made career, made Army— his career. Right. My dad was, wasn't. your dad was in the infantry and my dad was not. So my dad spent the time that he needed to spend in the army, went over to Germany and then came back, but your dad kept going. Right. So what I'm getting at is that it was, it was a different lifestyle than you and I have had. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, you grow, grew up in basically an only child mm-hmm. and Craigsville, Virginia. Yay, Craigsville. Let's
1: hear from Craigsville, Virginia.
2: Shout out, shout out. And then I grew up as an army brat moving from pillar to post. I call it being a gypsy of the federal government.
1: Okay. Because
2: they moved you basically every two years. And I think the longest we ever lived in any one place was Fort Knox. Yeah. Until I married you, that was the longest place I'd ever
1: lived. Okay. Well, so, anyway, so we grew up in, uh, we grew up in... uh,
2: Very different environments. Very different
1: environments. I I think, I think we have had our struggles, but I I, want to say that, and I want to say that to, as a husband and wife, we've had our struggles, but we haven't struggled like other people have had. Now, that's why I say, I want to preface this by saying, I realize there are families out there who have had their problems. We've had problems as a family, like all families have had. But we've been very fortunate throughout the years. Yes, we have. To be able to, first of all, raise five kids, to have six grandchildren, to have a house that we lived in for 31 years. So we've been very fortunate that. Right. uh, In many ways. So I I feel very fortunate on that level. Um, All right. So uh, we meet during a baseball season or we meet in 1981 at a radio station in Greensboro. Just go through it quickly.
2: Yeah, that was last week's anniversary. Right. Right. Because we met
1: the day on, the president was shot,
2: right? President Reagan, right? Which
1: was March thirty first, nineteen eighty one. I think it was thirtieth. Thirty, whatever, was one of those right. days.
2: Nineteen eighty one, right?
1: Okay, so we meet then. We uh, whirlwind romance. We're, I'm doing baseball the very next year. I get a, I get a, and uh, I find out that the double A team is in Charlotte has an opening. And I go down to Charlotte, drive down to Charlotte from Greensboro. I was doing a single-A baseball then. I drive down to Charlotte from Greensboro. Francis Crockett offers me the job at that time. Mm-hmm. You're pregnant with Matt. hmm And we moved to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Little did we know this would change the complete dynamic of our lifestyle.
2: Yeah. I married a baseball announcer. Yeah. Let me emphasize that for all of you people. I married a baseball announcer. I grew up with three brothers Mm -hmm. who were wrestling fans, Mm -hmm. and I hated wrestling. Mm. I swore, as God is my witness, I will never marry a wrestling fan. Mm. I found out after we were married that you were a wrestling fan.
1: Yeah, so that was her best Scarlett O'Hara impersonation right there. Thank you. Uh as she retches in the garden.
2: Uh Oh, you're so funny. Okay. Snort, snort. Snort,
1: snort, snort. When when she uh when Lois starts to really laugh, she'll snort. So you'll you'll be hearing a lot of snorting. Maybe. Okay. okay okay <laughs> okay so, Keep on. so so anyway so you you so I I get into wrestling and we eventually leave baseball and now I want to talk about our years in wrestling because Laurie comes in 84 and that is my kind of my last year of baseball 85 Chris comes
2: that was Chris was born the season after the ballpark burned down right remember that's right but you were that was the crossover year. Crossover year, right. For you and Jim Crockett promotions. Right.
1: Eighty seven, the twins come and I'm already in the Jim Crockett promotions.
2: Yeah. Do we need to um give a shout out to Arn for his famous line for mm-hmm. what he said when we found out we were pregnant with twins?
1: Yeah, Arn I, I may have told this story before, but it's a story worth telling because Arn and I have been very close. Yeah. Uh, he's and, a good guy. And still are very close as friends. Probably not as close as I think we should be, and that's my fault, not his, because I'm not a good friend, which has been real established with all of my friends. I just don't keep up with people. I don't. I just I You're wish.
2: You're too busy, Tony. Just cut yourself Yeah, but in I. Slack. Okay, so anyway, And okay. keep on. Tell the right, story.
1: So, so anyway, we would, used to, we would do the interviews in the back, the local interviews at Jim Crocker Promotions in the back, and I would stand in front of the camera all day I just go back and forth between the heels and the baby faces, and out and on the other side of the camera were all the wrestlers, and Lois had gone to her gynecologist that day, and uh, she walked in, and I'm thinking, what's going on as she walks in? And she's talking to Arn, and she's smiling, and Arn said, could I have a minute with everybody here?
2: <laughs> he in the said, way that Arn yes, only can only talk. Can do, he
1: said, I just want to let everybody know that our fat, dumpy, announcer (laughs) is going to have another baby. Don't you know what causes that? Would you please stop? (laughs) And he walks back and, uh, and we were having another baby, but then we Mm -hmm. ended up having two. Mm -hmm. And so that was the last pregnancy. So, but we, we moved from Charlotte to Atlanta when it, uh, actually we don't move from Charlotte. Let me back up. We moved from Charlotte to Connecticut in 1989 because i didn't want to work for turner broadcasting and jim Hurd, and i got an offer from vince mcmahon to come work there so we packed five young kids five mm-hmm. young kids uh, into uh actually we we put them on an airplane
2: yeah and yeah. a dog and a cat
1: and a dog and a cat on an airplane and we go to connecticut and live in wilton connecticut which was a house kinda of remote, it had wooded area.
2: Yeah, they two like two acre um,
1: two acre land.
2: Uh, plots. Plot. Yeah.
1: A long driveway to get to it, remember that?
2: Right, right, uh, right. We lived near the School Sisters of Notre Dame that's a retirement home for yeah. for nuns and right. they had a preschool and the and Laurie and Chris went to preschool there.
1: Okay. And Matt was in, like, the kindergarten, The elementary school. The elementary school. Okay. All right, so uh, it's been, uh, and I talked about it in the comic book, but it's also been a stat. People have asked me, why did you only last a year? Now, let me tell you this story. I had sat down with Vince McMahon and told him, because I loved working there, I did, and I told him, I said, I'm in this for the long haul. And then... I got a call from Jim Barnett, can't remember when it was, it was probably five months later, and Jim Barnett, he said, oh, I found your home number, would you like to come back and work for you, we often said that we've made a mistake letting Tony Schiavone leave, if I knew what I knew now, I would have probably just said, go fuck yourself, and hung up on him, Uh, not because necessarily, because of the job, but because I, he was j-
2: quite a character. He though.
1: was a piece of shit. So anyway, uh, <laughs>
2: remember the dinner that we went out with him? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Atlanta. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Went to, uh, somewhere in Buckhead.
2: Was it the Abbey?
1: No, it's not the Abbey. You and I had gone to the Abbey before. Oh, okay. But it was, this was another one place. Okay. Okay. All so right. anyway, went out to dinner, but any, so anyway, he calls me, he said, you want to, you want to come back. So that's when you and I discussed it, and it was it was not an easy life in Connecticut.
2: No, it wasn't. It was I mean, it, it was, was very, difficult. It was
1: very expensive.
2: That we, wasn't that wasn't that, it.
1: We rented a house. We couldn't afford to make house payments because I couldn't afford the down payment. The good news is, and and is and this is, and this is why I'm. This is why I always have a. I always have a place in my heart for Linda McMahon. And I say that because there were like the first two months we hadn't sold the house yet, and she made the house payments for us in Charlotte.
2: I didn't know that. Yeah, she did. My my affection for Linda McMahon, uh-huh. not only because she was Republican running for a Senate job up there, right. but when your mom passed, right. she sent a memorial for a, what was it, a mass to be um, said in, in said, my mom's name, yeah. Yeah, in your mom's name, yeah. and and this was after we had left there. Yes, which you know, we, I I thought she was a wonderful, caring individual. Right, she was approachable. Right, Vince, well, I thought wasn't okay.
1: So, but that's me. So so anyway, so we couldn't afford a house. We couldn't afford to buy a house. We had to rent, and it just didn't seem like it was a lifestyle for us. And, and I know I wrote down on a. On a piece of paper, on a, a legal pad, the pros and the cons of moving and moving back, and uh, so I made the jump to Atlanta. And was, do you
2: want to know my feelings yes, about? Yeah, him? I
1: do want to know you. Okay, this is a. I felt you.
2: like a. I felt like a fish out of water. Um, I wasn't comfortable with that New England lifestyle. Um, I felt like people up there were. Um, la-di-da and in the south people accepted it. i i don't know i was just glad to be back south of the mason dixon because yeah. up there you wanted to buy people for what they were worth and sell them for what they thought they were worth okay that's that not, was my philosophy that was your
1: feeling i mean there but, were there... but
2: that's because i'm insecure
1: right yeah and yeah i know uh yeah i think that's one of the reasons we get along i think we both have our insecurities Huh. Yeah,
2: it it was it was nice and it was nice going into the city. I don't know that I would ever have gone into New York City on a whim like um yeah, just fly up to New York to do shopping. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people did that from Greensboro mm-hmm. that I knew, but that wasn't in something that I would do. But when we got up there and it was just a 40 minute 45 minute drive into New York, and we would go there to see plays and go to Broadway, go to dinner, meet up with some of your famous friends. But that was exciting. And to this day, I would still go to New York and go, wow, because it's 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 more than just a city. It's an idea. But I was impressed with that. But when you got, when I got back home to that small little community, there was, there was a, it was, it was really snooty. We were snooty. isolated. We
1: were isolated. It wasn't that snooty. We
2: were isolated. I thought it was.
1: Well, you, you, you had more interaction with them than I had. Right. Because I worked in the office and I drove from Wilton into Stanford every day to work in the office.
2: Right. 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 Almost I almost got in a, con, uh, a car wreck in the parking lot at one of the. The supermarkets there that the village market I think it was called
1: not Stu Leonard's
2: not Stu Leonards uh-huh. but with uh, Tom what was his name Tom canary was on all my children or something okay did a brief stint with a a, a Western or Bonanza okay. or something anyway and I thought oh my god I didn't know he lived in Wilton uh-huh. but um,
1: you almost got into a fight with him
2: no not a fight a car wreck with him head on almost wow. yeah. It was like, boom, stop. Oh, my God. And did you jump
1: out and say, hey, I know you. You No, 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 no. no, no. Wasn't
2: anything like that. I just kind of slumped down into my seat and thought, God, I hope he doesn't know who I am. Was he good looking? No, he was an old man. My God. No, you're the only man I ever looked at. But wow, I mean, other bull- than on TV screens. Is that a bullshit <laughs> fucking lie? <laughs> okay. You're the only man I would ever consider. Okay. Anyway. Holy shit. But no, now Stu Leonards was another. Yeah. That was, another. was like going to the Disneyland right. of food
1: stores. Yeah, people around there called it Zoo Leonards. Okay. That's, Did they really? Yeah, Zoo Leonards. Oh. Okay.
2: Matt uh, just loved it when we got to the eggs because the chickens clucked.
1: Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> so, and when you got to the milk, the moose, the cows mooed. All right. It's an experience. If you ever get a chance to go to Stu Leonard's in Norwalk, Connecticut, go.
1: So we're talking about our time in Connecticut, and and I I really loved uh, Linda. I love working with Vince. Uh, Bruce Pritchard was my boss. He's still my friend. Kevin Dunn and I got along, and people are going to – I know people in the wrestling business have a lot of bad things to say about those people. But, I again, I'm telling you the way they treated me at that time – they were good to me, and it was a good year. And I really struggled about coming back to the South, but I knew it was the best place for us as a family. And, of course, they offered me a, quite a bit more money to come back than, uh, than I was making up there. And so I thought, you know what? I can buy a house here in Atlanta, and I can make more money, and uh, so it's going to be better for me. Little did I know when I came back, how much it fucking sucked for me personally, because it was very difficult working here. But the family was happy. We had great schools around here. Uh, Timber Ridge, Dodgen, as a middle school, Timber Ridge Elementary School, Dodgen Middle School. By the way, Dodgen also, um, a couple of famous people went to Dodgen as well. Uh, The guys from the Black Crows, uh, the brothers, the Black Crows, went to Dodging. Really, yes. I didn't know that. And also, the Disco Inferno went to Dodging, but <laughs> yes, but he fucking sucks. So anyway, that's another story. Uh, so, well, uh, I went and to then the
2: Shivani kids went there, and then we went, and to... they're famous too in yeah. their own right.
1: Okay, and we went to Pope. The kids went to Pope, so we had great schools. Uh, it was, and we settled in this house that we're still in uh, right now uh, because I just love this house and don't want to move. And you and I have discussed that and that's something else. So, but it was, it was great for me professionally. And when I'm asked many times, what is the most memorable match, match you've ever called? And I'm going to go back to Madison square garden. First time I walked in Madison square garden, Lord Alfred Hayes and I are doing the broadcast for MSG network. And we're doing the whole card that day, including Hulk Hogan, big boss man in a steel cage. Now, keep in mind that I had done things at the Omni. I had done things in Greensboro, the Coliseum, but mostly it was small like Spartanburg and Green.
2: And this Uh, is when you were with WCW?
1: No, WWE, WWE.
2: WWE, yeah. I
1: had been on Jim Crockett Promotions payroll, a mom and pops organization, and never experienced anything like Madison Square Garden. So that was big for
2: me. So was going to England and Brussels and going around with...
1: With Alfred. Yeah, we took a trip to, uh, because I did Coliseum videos, Lord Alfred and I went to England, did the broadcast for Sky, and then we, which is one of my greatest trips of all time, he let me drive a car down to the cliffs of Dover, where we got on a jet foil, went across the channel, and landed at Austin, and then then, uh, drove to Brussels or stayed in Austin drove to Belgium or what is it Brussels or Belgium Brussels the city's Brussels the country's Belgium
2: right something like that
1: something like that we stayed there
2: all the, I got was uh, a box of chocolates
1: and then, and then uh, that's more you, you got more than that when I got home didn't
2: you the chocolates were a souvenir okay continue with your trip
1: hey hey now so anyway uh, we drove to Paris Uh, And worked in in France. Great, great trip with Lord Alfred. I've got a lot of friends that I worked with.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You also Uh, went to Japan.
1: That was with WCW. I went to Japan. We came back.
2: I thought you went there with WWE. No,
1: No, I didn't. Okay. All righty. Well, anyway, so, but anyway, it was was a difficult lifestyle. Uh, The kids were younger at that time. I mean, look, when we lived in Connecticut, Matt was... Second grade, second grade, and so he was six years old. And so Laurie was four. Chris was two.
2: No, no. It was. So it was um,
1: seven. It was. It wasn't it seven, six,
2: seven, five, three. Anyway. So anyway, we had five. We five, had five kids, kids seven, five,
1: seven and under. Five and under. Five and under one time.
2: When they so, were born.
1: So it uh so how was it raising five kids? Don't think Do about, you know, don't I think 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 about it. Don't think about it now. Think about when they were younger.
2: I th- I think that I've blocked a lot of that. Wow, really? <laughs> no, it was um It was hectic, especially when you were gone, because it was I'd take them to school, take them to preschool, take right. them to their um, doctor's appointments, back home, dinner, um, bed, haircuts maybe, even in the... I think we have pictures of Matt getting his hair cut in the kitchen. Um, but it was... It was get him to bed, get him up the next morning, go through the whole routine again. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And... Um, I just did it. It was like yeah, yeah, it I don't know, maybe I would have been crazy if I had to sit down and think about this is what I've got to do, yeah, because but I you just did, did it. it, right, I just did it, and I did the best I could, maybe yeah.
1: no you were you were a good mom you you made cakes for them. oh, we yeah, we did not go out and and buy cakes at a grocery store or a bakery. You actually made the cakes, designed them, and
2: yeah, for whatever so, yeah. figure that they were right. into at the time, right, like. Uh, Thundercats. Right. That was one of Matt's. Right. Bugs Bunny was one of Matt's.
1: Right. So we we moved back to Atlanta, and this time we do pack the kids up in the van and drive back.
2: Yeah, with two dogs now. Two dogs. A cat. Uh-huh. And a tank of fish.
1: Okay. How about that? We packed up a tank of fish.
2: Yes, we did. And
1: drove back to uh, or drove to Atlanta. So. And
2: the fish survived too.
1: Right. So we, I remember that you stayed at the Omni for like a day or maybe, a, and your mom came and then you guys came here and started unpacking while I was working. But I do remember going to the Omni first. Hotel. That's where,
2: yeah, that's where we, that's where we stayed the night before the next day we moved in. We moved in on, on Easter, I think, oh, because I, I, remember our realtor had Easter baskets for the kids yeah, on the but counter.
1: I, was, didn't we move in on your birthday? You know what We
2: moved out on my birthday.
1: Okay, but we I've, I was looking at the uh, the deed. We mm. signed on April 6th, which is your mm. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And you were Yeah, you were, we
2: we left um
1: And you were 30 years old or 30 what 31, 32 years old at that time. No. Or you were
2: uh, No, cuz I had the twins when I was 35.
1: Oh, you were 40 years old then cuz it was 81. I mean, when was it? When did we move? We
2: here? moved here in ninety.
1: Ninety. What the fuck am I thinking? I was
2: thirty-eight.
1: Okay. So anyway, so you're you a beautiful thirty-eight. You
2: cannot add. I can add. Okay. No, you can't.
1: I can multiply.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> so four times.
1: So anyway, so it's been a it's been a good life here. I know there have been ups and downs, but how do you think my job? has affected you and the kids' lifestyle or lives as I moved on with my job. Tough question, you think?
2: I don't know. There, I think the kids had a hard time with it. Matt, maybe not so much because he was the oldest and a boy. Laurie, I think she did. That What, you, tough
1: time for me being away all this time?
2: not just you being away, but you being Tony Schiavone, and everybody knew who you were. Mm -hmm. With the kids, it was like, and I think with her especially, it was difficult. that They didn't know if, and I think Matt gave voice to this, that they didn't know if the kids... Their so-called friends liked them for who they were, or who your their dad was.
1: You think that, and uh, that was tough for them to discern. You think that came in the high school era, though.
2: Yeah, more okay. so. I know that in elementary school, it was more. Oh, you're Tony Shivani's wife, and that gave me pause because I wanted to. My identity was Lois and Mount Laurie, Chris, John Michael Timothy's mom. Right. I was their mom. Right. I wasn't Tony Schiavone's wife. Right. I thought I had an existence beyond being your wife.
1: Right. Right. Right.
2: And that was difficult, especially for people with insecurities. And Mm -hmm. this household is full of them. Yeah.
1: Boy. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody has their own. Uh, things they have to go through in their mind and their lives. And there were certainly problems that we had as a family. Uh, but, uh, again, I look at it and think that we didn't have the problems other people had.
2: Now, as far as you were a good provider, you are a good provider, that kind of thing. We were healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, we had medical issues that came up, um, with the kids that normal kids have. Um, none so devastating i think the worst thing that happened was john michael um burning, burning his legs yeah um tripping over a coffee the cord of a coffee urn at the elementary school and the coffee spilled onto his legs and he got second degree burns to his legs yeah that was the worst thing
1: i remember going to the hospital having to soak his legs and having them just
2: debride the, 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 yeah. the
1: skin and him crying yeah. i
2: remember going there in an ambulance with him
1: yeah Right.
2: And um, remember, that was traumatic.
1: Remember Chris hitting his head on the commode? That was that was funny.
2: To this day, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the, the conversation that we have yeah. about why did he hit his, his head, head on the on commode. A porcelain commode. Yeah. But um, yeah, it took 12 stitches, mm-hmm. two inside and 10 outside. Yeah. But you left and I was stuck with watching them his yeah. forehead.
1: Yeah. There's an old story here in the Shivani household, and it's one that is voiced by Lois many times. Is that anytime there was uh, some sort of uh, emergency, I was always out of town.
2: Mm-hmm. You were out of town when Tim burned his or Chris burned John Michael burned his legs. You were out of town with a lot of the other stitches. Yeah. <laughs> but with Um, Chris, you were in town. They got a hold of you before me, and you got to the hospital. I got to the hospital later, and just as they were beginning, they had just numbed his forehead, and you said, well, i got to get back to work, Mm -hmm. and you left because you didn't like the sight of blood, and hospitals were not your forte. Mm -hmm. I guess I always felt like every time that we walked into Scottish Rite, that the bell's whistles blew because, oh, my God, it's the Shivani's again. Okay. But when you have five kids, you're going to have all kinds of emergencies. And it went from everything from asthma attacks to stitches. Yeah,
1: right, because John Michael had asthma.
2: Remember Which, when Matt threw a, a, a hairbrush at Laurie Beth?
1: Yes. During when, yeah, New Eve. Year's Eve party. Yeah, New Year's Eve party, right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And we had to get stitches in her.
1: Dust, Dusty was here. I th- Actually, yep. I think Cody was here, too, as a little kid, Cody and Teal.
2: Her I Dusty can't and Michelle remember we
1: here. Yeah,
2: it was And uh, Bill
1: Watts was here, I believe, and his uh
2: Terry Taylor was here. Terry
1: Taylor was here. Mm-hmm. God, I had Terry Taylor in my house.
2: I think yeah, so, cuz didn't wrong we with me? Dis- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> didn't we discuss it? <laughs> he went to the same college I did.
1: Yeah, he went to Guilford, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, I want to I want to I want to rewind back a little bit because uh I'm kind of going in chronological order, but you talked about me not liking hospitals. When Matt was born, I was in Savannah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when Matt was born okay you go snort now.
2: Yes <laughs> go ahead
1: tell the story When Matt was born in 1982 July of 1982 I was in Savannah, Georgia with the Charlotte baseball team. We were playing the Savannah Braves and it just so happened it rained that night and ra- or rained during the day and rained heavy So I get on a I, I call home no cell phones back then I was on a pay phone. Uh, at the at the hotel, and I said, "We've been rained out. I'm just checking, and you didn't pick up, but Lib picked up. Lib, by the way, Lib Schilt, who's no longer with us, she has passed away. But her son Michael Schilt was the uh, manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, manager of the year a couple of years ago. Uh, so Lib was there, and I said, Lib, what are you doing in the house? She said, I'm just visiting your wife, and so I said, Well, can she talk? You know, because I knew you were ready to drive at any time and she I was past my due date. You passed your due date. So you came to the phone, you were out of breath. And I said, Are you okay? You said, Yeah, I just just walk in here to get to the phone. And I said, Okay. And Melva Ruby was there. And Melva got on the phone and Melva said, You rained down? I went, Yeah. She said, Come home. I would think you may need to get home. So I knew you were in labor. So I got John Stafaro and Drungo Hayswood and put them in the car with me, okay, and drove like a freaking bat out of hell from Savannah, Georgia, to Charlotte, okay, and I mean drove. We I drove over hundred miles an hour with them in the car.
2: You know, God has been with us through our whole marriage, yeah. And it was a good thing that you didn't wreck the car because right. you would have had a lawsuit right. from Major League Baseball right. having those two players that, that's uninsured
1: right. in your car. Right. I was I was I was admonished, scolded after that by by the, the Orioles because they said you can't players cannot leave and be in a car they have to travel by bus or whatever so got to the hospital middle of the night got my scrubs on walked in the room Lois has her feet up in the air legs up in the air a fetal monitor in and I just see her twat up in the air oh. and, well I did that's the first thing I and then a little blood from you know and so you you just you can describe
2: me from there I was on oxygen, yeah. Matt was on oxygen, okay. I had a fetal monitor across my belly. okay. He had a probe in his head, right because that's all that was sticking out right or, or that they could see mm. okay I was uh, I had IV. there were cords and and lines going through all uh, going through me, Matt, everybody okay. it was okay, Matt Tony walks in and he sees me. With all of these IVs and, and oxygen lines going everywhere and he turns as green as the scrubs they put him
1: in yes and lois being the way she is she said will someone get him to sit down because he's as green as the scrubs that he has right now and he's getting ready to pass out which i really was
2: yeah you were yeah you're famous for that
1: i never knew i was that squeamish until i had gotten the the blood test for a marriage license and passed out from it uh so anyway, so that's that's the story. Let, let's go back to now. We're in Atlanta, raising kids in Atlanta, and I'm uh, and uh, I'm going around and doing wrestling and everything and
2: coaching little league. Coaching.
1: And you know that's one thing that that I'm very proud of. That, but regardless of all the travel that I did, I still was able to coach little league for the boys because I made time to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. played. She played some softball. Played some soccer. But mostly, uh, she kind of hung out with the boys at the ballpark. But I made time for it. and
2: The sisters of, of other players. Yes.
1: I'm, I'm very, very happy that I, that I made time for it. Um, we're talking with Lois Shivani. Lois Rules at 70. It's the name of this very special. Oh, word. God. What Happened When Podcasts.
2: <laughs> oh, God. The day that will live in infamy.
1: But I want to tell you, before we go any further, Lois, that did you know that two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35?
2: I've noticed.
1: Thank you. But we have a simple, affordable, and stress-free way to keep hair now. It's called Keeps. Keeps has been a longtime sponsor of What Happened When, and we appreciate their sponsorship. Keeps offers a convenient virtual doctor consultation and medication delivered straight to your door Every three months, which means you don't have to leave your home. 24/7 care and support. Keeps has a network of expert medical advisors, prescribers, and care specialists to support you in making your hair growth goals a reality. Treatment plans for Keeps are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices. Keeps has everything you for your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Remember. As far as hair loss is concerned, prevention is the key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so you need to act fast. Now, here's how you act. If you're ready to take action, prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash WHW to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash WHW to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash W-H-W. Remember, Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. And we thank Keeps for being a sponsor of What Happened When. We're talking with Lois. Having a good time?
2: Yeah, kind yeah. of chill.
1: Yeah, kind of reminiscing about our life together, which has been forty-one. We'll we'll be forty-one years this June uh, together, and uh, but we when WCW went down in two thousand one. Whoa, that was pretty tough.
2: Yeah, we were in New York City. Uh. To see Laurie sing at Carnegie Hall with their chorus. Right. And we were, because I wasn't chaperoning that trip, I was just a mom with her husband. Right. We were walking around Times Square. And it came across the ticker. Remember that? Yeah. The WCW was sold to
1: Vince McMahon and WWF. Yeah. At that time, WWF.
2: And that was like, boom.
1: Yeah. Because we really didn't know. None of us knew exactly what was going to happen. WCW was going down the tubes. I knew that. I stressed over it. I looked for other jobs because I'm thinking, I just don't know. Brad... uh, uh, Brad, who was the head of our company at that time, kept telling me, Hang in there, things will be okay. And he was he was lying to me, so uh, it was a tough time to work for Turner Broadcasting back then. I don't know if you remember this. We had just been in, we walked in the WWF restaurant they had. Do you remember going in there? We walked in the WWF restaurant, and then when we walked out, which was in Times Square, mm-hmm. that's when we saw the ticker. And I think,
2: yeah, yeah, this
1: is this is amazing. So WCW goes down basically bought by Vince McMahon. They bring us in this to the offices and basically said, this is your last day in the office. You're going to get a severance. We all met with an HR lady and my severance was going to be very good. It was 18 months of severance and it was full benefits. So we had a cushion mm-hmm. uh, and I was making very good money at that time. So it was, and that same day, I got, um, I had an interview with WSB and got hired by WSB that same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was basically uh, a part-time job at that time. So that started my career in radio, uh, back in radio again. You told me and that was fun. Yeah. You, but you told me, and, and this was, uh, this was in the book that you thought it was the best thing to ever happen to me. Because mm-hmm. you thought there was, you were going to. He said, "You said you were going to stay with WCW, regardless, even though you were unhappy, and you were going to stay with it because the the benefits were good, and the money was good, and you just weren't going to let that go because mm-hmm. of your commitment to your family, mm-hmm. and you said this is the best thing that ever happened to you.
2: I think so, and why?" <clears throat> I know it's been said and and I have emphasized it enough. I am not a wrestling fan. Okay, well, but I also know you were good at what you did. Whatever you do, you are good at it. But I think you really come out in radio. Mm-hmm. Um well, my dad always thought that your your future was TV mm-hmm. and he meant and he said that unfortunately he before he really got to see you on TV. No, I didn't.
1: When when did your dad die? 96. My gosh, Lois, I've been on TV for 10 years. Well,
2: I guess so. Okay, so, yeah, he always thought that your forte was TV. Yeah, I always thought your forte was radio. Okay, listen. But the exposure that you got in radio, not only with the Braves doing um, Braves baseball, and the people that you met with that organization, even though it was a little bit longer before you got back into baseball, mm-hmm. you still had—you um, still had a good run with WSB. Yeah, I, I did. mean they screwed you over, but yeah, that's another story. Well, we'll get
1: to that, but yeah, it was good. But here's the deal: radio is a dying medium.
2: It is now. It is,
1: and I'm talking about terrestrial radio. I'm not talking about satellite radio because you and I listen to Sirius XM all the time.
2: Right, but back in in two thousand in two thousand
1: one, it was it
2: was it was maybe right. beginning, but yeah. not so bad. It was right. still it was still good.
1: Right, right. So I go to work for WSB. I get hired full time two years later in two thousand three, uh, and then. WSB had the Braves contract. I started doing Atlanta Braves pregame and postgame show. I was one of three guys. They rotated through. Uh, I got to go to the ballpark. I got to uh, cover the Braves. I went on trips with the Braves. I don't know if you remember that or not. Mm-hmm. I went on trips with them, but the Atlanta Braves was really good stuff.
2: went to spring training, Went to spring training, did the thing with Leo Mazzoni.
1: Yeah, and that would come up later. Yeah. Um, uh,
2: you got to know Bobby Cox.
1: Got to know Bobby Cox, still know Bobby very well. I know his health has declined considerably, but I got to meet a lot of people and got to know got to know uh, very well John Smoltz. I mean, I know I'm name dropping here and Tom Glavin, Chipper Jones, all those guys. Got to, uh, to cover the Masters. Got to cover the Masters. I got to cover the NCAA Final Four. I got to uh, NBA All-Star Game that came to Atlanta. Did a lot of things, a lot of sports things with WSB radio that really enjoyed, really did.
2: And Georgia football.
1: And Georgia football. And Georgia, basketball. And and basketball. Georgia football and ba- basketball came a little bit later. Uh, I started covering the Georgia Bulldogs in 2003 when I started working full time. Uh, you remember we went to the uh, Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. You went with me.
2: Yeah, I had to learn all the stuff about the... Right. Traditions was, with Georgia football. That's
1: right. We, they were playing Florida State that year in the in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. They had won the SEC, but they they didn't get to go to the BCS.
2: I sat next to Lauren What's his last name? Lauren Smith. Uh-huh.
1: Not Lauren Smith.
2: The Do guy you, down that does the field interviews. Uh, that's Lauren Smith. You sat next to him? His wife. Oh, his wife, yes. I sat right. I sat next to his wife. Right. On the fifty-yard line, right? Couldn't see anything because our seats were so low, uh-huh. and the players were so big. Right. Everything that was blocked by the right. people in front of us. So. so I, but I, it was still it was it was exciting. I'd never been to New Orleans, Nolens before, yeah.
1: Bourbon Street. So I work with. Um, yeah, I remember how drunk you got the night before.
2: No, mm-hmm. I don't remember. No, were... I do remember talking to the cops on Bourbon Street. But but I remember thinking,
1: because you got so drunk, remember we had a hurricane, you dropped it as we're walking?
2: No, I don't remember okay. that. Anyway. I think he makes this stuff up, people. I really do. Mm. Yeah. He thinks that he can get me drunk and take advantage of me and my reputation and tell stories that just aren't true. That might be one of them.
1: All right. So anyway... <laughs> So anyway, the, 2003, started my work with the Georgia Bulldogs, and I wasn't getting paid for it, but I, I would go in the booth, and I would help Larry Munson out, and I would do, uh, do uh, scores for him and whatever, do whatever running needed to be done. As we moved along, 2009, okay, uh, I had been doing Georgia Bulldogs, and Scott Howard said, I want you to be my spotter. That was the same year that I got the job with the Gwinnett Braves doing their play-by-play.
2: Really? Yeah,
1: 2009 was the year. Okay. And that really helped it really helped me financially with the Gwinnett Braves, with the Georgia Bulldogs, because I got extra money for that mm-hmm. uh, in 2009. It helped us financially a great deal. So now I was in the booth of the Georgia Bulldogs on an official capacity, and also I became the engineer for the basketball team or the producer, as they say, producer engineer for the basketball team. So I could start traveling with for football and well, I was always traveling with football, but mm-hmm. I started traveling with the team in basketball, doing all the basketball games, 30 basketball games a year, 12 football games, bowl games, championship, whatever, got paid extra for that. And that was good. The uh, a couple of years later, after that 2012, the, uh, Charles Youngs, who was the producer for the football team decided he did not want to do it anymore. And so IMG approached me about doing the engineering for the football. And I did from 2013 until just recently, the engineer for the football. 2019 to 2019. Yeah.
2: Was your last 2020. Season? Yeah. Actually, okay.
1: Yeah. It had been, yeah, the 2020 season was my last.
2: Right. 2019 was your last season with the with the baseball team right right,
1: right. so i had 11 years with the baseball team basically about 13 14 years all together with the georgia bulldogs and it was pretty good
2: yeah i liked that yeah i it, liked it was good i liked the the people that i got to meet yeah through um your association with them coach rick yeah um, i don't think i ever met larry munza but i yeah. do i have met scott howard yeah and eric Zire. right and of course they're, they're and um, hondo, hondo uh-huh. and their other spotter is chris shivani
1: chris now works as a spotter yeah and i hope chris gets a ring i hope the entire uh, radio crew gets a ring isn't it funny if they do then I left the year before you <laughs> could get a ring. so. Uh, but you've
2: and, got rings from... Um, from
1: baseball teams. I don't from, know, you know, it's it doesn't bother me. People ask, oh, you just missed getting a ring with the Georgia Bulldogs by one year. And I say, you know what? It, it's no big deal to me. It really isn't.
2: Yeah, so, yeah.
1: So, that so they like, won a
2: championship is right, a big deal. Right. But I think you getting on with them and that first sugar ball got me into the Georgia spirit. Right. Matt graduated from there. John Michael graduated from there. Right. Chris spent his weekends with friends that right. <laughs> were students there. Yep. Um, but we have a strong Georgia Bulldog connection. And I like that. I'm proud of that. And, and I.
1: Yes, we got it. We've 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 it was a good run
2: yeah i yeah. really enjoyed
1: it and, Go dogs. And, and and you know what tony khan let me do it for a year or two and he was going to let me continue to do it but i just couldn't do both i just
2: you were burning your candle yeah, at both it, was, ends. it was
1: just too much um yeah because listen uh for those of you who don't know being the producer of the football network for the georgia bulldogs is a very very time consuming and at times a very manual labor type job lifting equipment and putting equipment in a Plugging things. I I learned a lot about audio. Learned a lot about it.
2: Yeah, it's made you who you are today. Right, right. As far as the go-to person for everybody's podcasts, you're the one who sets them up. Right. Well,
1: yeah, and I'm proud of that. But also, I learned a lot about writing levels, and I learned a lot about hooking up audio equipment and making sure you're on the air and, just and
2: getting in touch with all the electricians and the telephone people right, yes. to make sure you have the right plugs, right
1: wireless uh, frequencies, and bitch so, and moan
2: yeah. and groan about the people that don't know what they're doing. Yes. At there's a lot of people.
1: There's a number of people at the university of Georgia that don't have a fucking clue. And other
2: stadiums, and you know too. What, yeah, no, what stadium. have you said about Mercedes Benz um, yeah. Stadium? Mercedes
1: Benz Stadium in Atlanta, for those of you that don't know, may be a beautiful place if you're a fan to watch a game. But if you're running a radio broadcast, that stadium can kiss my fat ass. Okay?
2: And there's a lot of places okay. that you've broadcast from that it. you've complained about. Yes. Not was, only I the connection, radio connections, yeah. line connections, yeah. but also positions of where you're broadcasting yeah. from. Remember, um, Durham Bulls?
1: Oh, yeah, the Durham Bulls, they put us up in uh, you're
2: down, down the, down right the third baseline down or third. first baseline.
1: Yeah, they they did. They listen, here's what here's what has happened in the radio in the radio world. Okay, they have continued, and I think they're going to be doing this at Sanford Stadium in, in Athens. Oh, dear, they have continued now to put in new luxury boxes to make money for the boosters. It makes money for the school. And thus they have taken radio and the press and they have completely moved them down, moved them down to where they don't give a shit about radio anymore. I don't care what anybody says I don't about, and this is one of the things that I'm kind of relieved I left the Georgia Bulldogs because we continually were everywhere on the road got treated like shit. Mm-hmm. We did by yeah. the other schools. They didn't give a damn about us. Okay, and they just and here's a perfect example. My last bowl game I ever worked was the Peach Bowl, Georgia Cincinnati, and that would have been in 2021. Okay, at the beginning of 2021, of course, we're in the pandemic, right? Right. And when it comes to me doing a broadcast, don't fuck with me if I'm if I've got a job to do.
2: Especially since you know what you're doing. Right.
1: But I'm also very, I'm also very protective of it. And you're meticulous. Right. I'm, so we were setting up the day before. It was me and Chris mm-hmm. setting up the day before. And the guy, the guy who was in charge came in. And he said, we'll let you guys know. You're talking to this big, important voice that we can only have four in the booth. That's strict rule, four in the booth. And Chris looked at me. I didn't say anything. I said, okay, thanks. (laughs) So, and immediately as he walked out, I looked at my son. I said, fuck him. You know, okay, we have five in a booth, sometimes six. I'm not going to, I'm not going to waver from that. So what I did was the day of the broadcast, I locked the fucking door. Didn't let anybody (laughs) in. Okay. My husband. And it's like. Okay, if he wants to come, he can pound on the door if he wants to come, but I'm not fucking letting him in unless he goes and gets a key. Well, he didn't. The fucking chicken that he was, he, after the, went to our uh, sports information director, Claude Felton, shout out to Claude Felton, one of the great guys in the world, probably the best sports information director has ever been, and he went to Claude Felton. he said, your radio team had more than four in there.
2: Well. No shit, Sherlock. Yeah,
1: well, shit, come Come tell me if you got balls enough to tell me. And Claude calls me. He said, Did you have more than four? I said, absolutely. I had five, maybe six. He said, You weren't supposed to. I said, Well, Claude, the game is over now.
2: (laughs) Okay. But who are you going to cut? Yeah. The engineer producer? No, we're not. They couldn't produce Uh, Scott? Eric Zire? Chris? You
1: you and I have different, and I'm not going to get into this, you and I have different feelings on on the pandemic. I was willing to do whatever it takes to make it right, to be healthy. But another person in that fucking booth was not going to change the dynamic of the pandemic in the press box. We were in isolated booths. That's just them just trying to flex.
2: Sound important. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Do you need to read another commercial? I'm going to have to read another commercial here soon. All right. Well, I, I'm you a, know, if I can help you out with that, I will. But
1: I might as well do it right now.
2: Why don't you?
1: Okay. I'm going to let you in on a little secret, everyone. You're going to die. You're going to lead, need life insurance. And GoliathLife.com, a longtime sponsor of What Happened When, streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers within minutes and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. Pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. I've done it. They sent someone to my office, my home office. Remember that, Lois? They sent someone to my home office. That was a lady that she walked in.
2: And you told her I was your mother. That's right. You (laughs) fuck. And she believed it. Motherfucker.
1: Anyway, she came to the the home office. We skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. GoliathLife.com makes buying life insurance simple. No hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. GoliathLife.com is life insurance. In your hands, on your time, get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now. Go to GoliathLife.com. Remember, life insurance protects you, obviously, but protects your
2: family. And I am not your mother. In all fairness, I may be a young 69. Mm Mm-hmm. But you have aged very well for Thank a man you. of your age.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, um,
2: you look a lot younger.
1: Right. Well, I but do, I don't look like your mother. Well, and I do uh, color my beard. I do moisturize my face. And that's as far as we'll go. I don't color my hair.
2: We're not going to talk about your nails. <laughs> 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 Pedicures and manicures.
1: Well, Ooh. that's, yes. Okay. Um, We're talking with Lois Shivani, And we are talking uh, this very special podcast is entitled Lois Rules at 70.
2: You could have come up with a better name.
1: Okay, just how about Lois Rules.
2: All right, Lois about, does rule.
1: How about that bitch I married?
2: <laughs> You're not funny. You just look that way. Okay.
1: All right, so uh, we have done a lot of crazy things, and we have gone through a lot of... I, I really think the toughest time that I've had as a professional and as a, as was when WSB did not renew my contract and that came at the end of 2015. Yeah. That was tough.
2: Actually and, that was January of 2016.
1: No, it was December 2015. Really? Yeah.
2: I thought it was after Christmas.
1: Mm, could have been. You're right, it was January 2016. Because yeah. they said they brought me in and they said See you, basically. Yeah, and, and you were told did, that you did, would did, get a
2: heads up. Yeah, I was told I was going to get a heads this.
1: up. They, uh, they lied to me. Is what they did. And they and they threw me out with no severance, no insurance. And so 2016 was our toughest year, I think, mm-hmm. emotionally. uh, Yeah and you
2: you did a you did a downward spiral. I was yeah. worried, really worried about you. Yeah,
1: and and the reason I did was in 2016 I'm 57 okay
2: I don't know I can't do math in my head okay, but what, let me what, get my what, calculator
1: and, and listen no and the reason I'm thinking that is that uh the reason I'm saying that is that I remember when they told me they weren't going to renew my contract I was not a, I was not very nice to those people okay and I said
2: and that's not you because right. usually right I wouldn't call you a kiss-ass, but I would say that you're usually very nice and accommodating to people, except to me. Okay. And you will you will call, as you see them, right. to me, you will call right. me a bitch to my face, right. and uh, et cetera. But n- other people, no, no. Okay. You may t- say it under your breath as you're walking away, yeah. but never to their face. And that was what really surprised me about you, Tony, yeah. because you're you're such a good person to people, Strangers that you meet, mm-hmm. um, old friends, new friends. Fans. Fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go out of your way to be nice to them. Mm-hmm. School teachers and their kids, mm-hmm. whatever. It's it's. You've always been pleasant. You've always been great with my family, mm-hmm. even the ones that I don't like. Okay. Um, but when you came home that day, I've never and you told me what you said and what what yeah. ha- happened i've never seen you mm-hmm. so despondent mm-hmm. so angry and so critical yeah. of the way you were treated well, and I, it was justified yeah, believe well, me it was yeah, justified
1: because I, I really put a lot of effort in my job as i do most all the other jobs and because i was because i was lied to on num- on one yeah. thing and and i and i really I was really not a good person in that thing. And I thought, and this is, this was the crux of everything. I thought at age 57, there was no way I'd get another job. Okay.
2: Oh, I, I've always had faith that, that if anybody could pull a rabbit out of a hat, it would uh, be you.
1: Yeah. And that's, you
2: have never, you have always landed on your feet. Um, but I do remember how, yeah. how, how hard you took that. Right. That was a hard fall for you. Right. You've had other falls, but this one was, this one was devastating, and and that one hurt me. Yeah, to that, see you yeah. that way. Well, that
1: and that's why to this day, I uh, I won with the exception of maybe one person, which is Charles Kenny. We both know Charles. Mm-hmm. We love him, the chief engineer for not only uh, WSB for Cox Radio.
2: With well, ex- he, with, he did a lot for the baseball.
1: Yes, he did. Charles Kennedy is a longtime friend. Okay,
2: mm-hmm. and he's I, from Kansas,
1: right? I will not have anything to do with anybody from WSB Radio.
2: I have, and that's that's really sad yeah. because you made a name for yourself right. in Atlanta working oh, for them, right. and for them to treat you the way they did yeah. was despicable. Yeah. So,
1: so that was a tough years. So uh, I started working for. Um, in 2016, Starbucks. Also started working for uh, 92.9 The Game. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed working for 92.9 The Game and really mm-hmm. really enjoyed Starbucks. You I had did.
2: fun. I know you had fun with 92.9 The Game, but I also know that you enjoyed Starbucks because the ladies would fall at your feet yeah, and right. kiss the ground you walked on. Yeah, yeah. They thought you were all that and a
1: bag of chips. Well, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I, and I started working there because I needed the insurance and, but
2: anyway, they never gave you enough time to,
1: to, to collect to the insurance. Do that. Right.
2: But one thing, the good thing that came out of it, yep. you became a better tipper.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I used, you to, used to be a Scrooge. I was a terrible tipper, terrible tipper, yeah, especially, uh, even back when I made some money, uh, I was a terrible tipper but i remember this one time because we share the tips and here's my story this one girl uh when she got her tip money that that thursday she looked at it and she said my god it's a tank of gas for the weekend and she was so excited she was genuinely excited Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking at that time you know what these kids depend on these tips Mm -hmm. this is good money for them and they may not get paid much, but the tips help them out. So now I'm an over-tipper yeah. because of that experience. Of Thank Starbucks.
2: God. You can tell people the way they tip that they've had experience in food service well, by the way they tip. Right. And that, well, that explains yep. your kids right. because they've all done it. Right. I think, except maybe Laurie. Right. But, um, and I did food service. And it's, yeah, that's why I caught all kinds of flack from you. Mm-hmm. Remember the Chinese restaurant in Stanton? We went out to eat mm-hmm. and um, the service was lousy and you weren't going to leave a tip and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you got mad at me because I did. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's not the server's fault yeah.
0: okay.
2: when, when something comes out of the kitchen wrong. Okay.
1: All right. I've got, I've, got to, I've got to interrupt right now.
2: All right, go ahead. You're going to tell another story on me, aren't
1: you? No, yes, I am. Okay. Okay. Here's the story that I'm going to tell. This is not on video. Okay, this is audio only. But if you guys could see what I'm looking at right now, Lois is laying back in a lounge chair, not holding the microphone. Her microphone is between her boobs. (laughs) It's between her boobs (laughs) with the microphone up in her chin. (laughs) That's tremendous. I just wish I could have a picture of that right now. Why? Why? Well, it's kind of arousing. Anyway.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> Reminds me okay. of the dentist. Remember so, the dentist for my first what, 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 roof did he stick, canal?
1: Did he stick something between your boobs? No, okay. no, no.
2: I said, you know, I'd much rather give birth than have dental work done. And he says, Well, let me know what you want and I can adjust the chair.
1: That's an old dentist joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, he's told that one. All right. So anyway He was quite a character. Yes.
2: That was in Charlotte.
1: Okay. Yeah. This... Yes, Doctor Floyd.
2: Was that his name? Yes. I couldn't remember his name, yeah, but yeah. He was,
1: good, he was a good dentist. So anyway, uh, 2016 was tough. Got the kids together. This is in the book. Got the kids together, talked about having to sell the house, uh, and they had to sell the house. Actually, in 2016, I borrowed money from the kids. Um, you did? Yeah. borrowed money from Chris. Um, and uh, not much, but just to make it.
2: Is that money. when they moved in with us? Was that 2016? I can't remember. It was before then. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember years. They go by so fast. um,
1: So that was a tough year. Uh, And then, of course, uh, at the end of at at the beginning of 20 uh, at 2016, Christmas of 2016, Laurie got engaged to be married, and uh, I told her, please, just delay the wedding until I can get some money together. And then in 2017 is when Conrad came into my life and we started this podcast.
2: Well, the thing about it that she also had to schedule her wedding to any other time between, um, except for football season, football and baseball. And the venue that she picked was, it was either a March wedding or an October. And so they had to wait another year for the March thing because yeah, let, football season.
1: Yeah, let me be clear. I lost the job at WSB, but I still had the the Georgia Bulldogs because I was getting paid by IMG, not WSB, and I still had the Gwinnett Braves because I was working for the Atlanta Braves at that time. I was getting cut a, a paycheck for the Atlanta Braves, so it's not not like when I lost a job at WSB, I had no money coming in. Right. I had a lot less money coming in. That was the source of most of my money. So we had to work it around a time where I was not doing football and I was not doing baseball. Base- football stopped at the bowl games in January. Baseball picked up in, in April. So that's where we, that's where we, but I still needed a year to get things together. Right. And that's where Conrad came into my life. And to be honest with you, I'd, that's why I'm 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 going to be indebted to Conrad for the rest of my life because... Conrad and this podcast enabled us to pay for a wedding and a reception. And the reason it is, is that there's money shared in this podcast world that we do. Okay. Conrad did not take any money for this podcast at all while we were trying to gather money for a wedding. So that's why uh, I'm always indebted to him for that.
2: Remember when you got the letter from him?
1: Yeah, cause I was I was sitting right there in the kitchen and I looked at him thinking I, I don't want to do it.
2: This is crazy. This Your is fans crazy. just offering money just to come and yeah. hang out for the oh that for a letter, day that, that letter that
1: letter yeah yeah that, that was, was
2: kind of weird yeah
1: that I was but I was talking about the the letter to try to do a podcast and oh. I thought I didn't want to do it and you thought well you know we're doing a we got a wedding we got to pay for. For
2: somebody who can talk for a living, Mm -hmm. you do it very well, regardless of the medium and regardless of what it's about. Right.
1: So. uh, He even
2: talks at church and they love him there. Yeah, I even talk at church.
1: And then I'll come back and do a podcast and motherfuck everybody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. I don't tell people to listen to your podcast because of the language. Do you know
1: that... There was one, because, you know, I, crazy things go through my brain. I guess I, you know that. Okay. <laughs> you know how just just weird shit will go through my brain? Yeah. Okay. There was a time I was sitting in church and I was, <laughs> I was getting ready to, to go up and speak. Now, I would go up and be the, the lector. I'm not going to even say the church's name, okay? but it go, do, go up to be the lector and the lector number 3 welcomes people to mass and also does the prayer of the faithful later so as i'm sitting there i'm thinking i wonder if i just said hey motherfuckers welcome to <laughs> well, welcome to church god i just wonder how that would play I think it wouldn't play, obviously. I no,
2: I church. think you'd be struck by lightning, yeah. and there would be thunder and and clouds of rain, and and the voice of God would say, "Tony Schiavone." Yeah.
1: <laughs> she says with a microphone stuck between her boobs, which is a great. It's great. So any no.
2: Maybe I better hold it.
1: <laughs> that's what I. That's what she said. Okay, so uh, top. Um. Uh, so anyway, that brings us to our, our current state and uh, with the podcasts and with AEW and uh, how well, much you
2: haven't really gotten into starting with AEW.
1: No, no, that was uh, that was a that was a very weird day starting with AEW. That mm-hmm. I was at Laris, you and I were at Laris and I'm we're sitting there and I get a text from Bruce Pritchard. Bruce had told me months before that when he after he'd got the job, he said, "If once I get my feet wet, maybe I can find something for you here. Maybe there's something." And Bruce texted me that day, and said, "Hey, you got a, you got uh, you want to talk?" And I went, "Yeah." And I I called him, stepped over, stepped outside, mm-hmm. and we talked. He said, "I Vince, not you come to work here, doing what?" He said, "Well, there's a lot of things you can do." They were very unclear about it, and I turned around and called Conrad Thompson even before I told you. I called mm-hmm. Conrad, and, and then a few minutes later, I got a text from Cody. Mm-hmm. Cody said, I don't want you to go to work for the WWE. I want you to come to work for me. And that started the ball rolling with getting in touch with Tony Khan, and Tony and I talked on the phone for an hour.
2: And what did your wife say about this? Okay. So I went to my wife,
1: <laughs> and I said, oddly enough, and I never thought this would happen in my life again, as you know, because as Go ahead and say it. I'm a pessimistic person, right? Very,
2: very, cla- very glass half empty. Right. I don't. I don't expect good things to happen
1: to me. I expect bad things to happen to me. I'm sorry that came from. Rebecca Schiavone, my mother, who grew up during the Depression, who had two husbands die on her, she always thought the worst was going to happen. She always, and that's where I grew up. Okay. I I grew up in that very pessimistic, very
2: chicken little, the sky's falling
1: atmosphere. Well, I digress. So, what was I talking about? Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. And uh, had called me and got the ball rolling there. And now I didn't have an offer from either one. But, but you told your wife. I told my wife. I said, "It looks like I can either get a job with the WWE, or I can get a job with AEW and Tony Khan, which is a new startup company." And my wife said,
2: "I said, don't you dare go with the WWE.
1: You'll divorce me. If, I, yeah, yeah. You hit me with that.
2: I I think well, that that with, goes back to baseball. Well, that that. But that hits. You've always threatened. To no, you. I haven't threatened to yeah, divorce you. I'd." Now I'd kill you if you went with back to WWE because they strung you along before okay let's, they had a bad taste in their mouth okay, when you okay. when you moved down here to Atlanta okay. and I don't think he's ever forgiven you from that and then after they bought WCW they they said well maybe we'll have something for you they strung you around there what, I don't trust yeah them.
1: let me go let me go back and, and, and tell you that story when they bought WCW okay? And even I had this part-time job with WSB, mm-hmm. and I had an 18-month severance. I really, we had, listen, true story, the same day that WCW went down, you called me and told me that the three youngest kids needed braces that same day.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't remember wow. that. Okay, so,
1: <laughs> so anyway, so I really wanted to get on with WWE. I did, because I wanted to keep that income up. And...
2: That's like selling your soul to the devil, okay, though. Okay,
1: okay, but still, let me get on with the story okay. that I tried to call Vince to no avail. I tried to call Kevin Dunn. I I think I tried to call Kevin Dunn every week, but he never returned my call. Even, you don't remember this, I even drove to Fayetteville, North Carolina when they had a TV taping.
2: I to, do remember To try
1: that. to talk to them, and they were nice to me, but nothing. And I remember Kevin Dunn says, I'll call you this week. I said okay. Never did. Well, never called me back. Yeah. Uh, so there was a time too. I think it was when I lost a job at at WSB Radio that I had
2: reached con- out to them.
1: I reached out to them, and Kevin Dunn called me here at the house, and he said, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to call you. I, I was told to call you because uh, I know you you had an interest, but." we don't have any openings for announcers. And I went, Kevin, that's not what I called about. And I said, you know that. I called about doing it, being a producer, working behind the scenes. I don't care about it, announcing anymore. He said, okay, and this is what he said. Okay, then we'll check into it and we'll call you back. Of course, Kevin they Dunn never, never call me back, you so, back. So anyway, so you were, now we, we fast forward now to where we're yeah. talking about. You didn't want me to go to the WWE because. Uh, the I had
2: a st- very bad feeling about that. Strong me along,
1: okay. But yeah. But, so I go down and talk, talk to Tony Khan. I knew immediately I wanted to work for Tony. Mm-hmm. And Tony told me, if you, if they offer you more money than I'm offering you, I take it it's what Tony said, and I said okay. So.
2: And what did Lois say about you working with Tony Khan and Cody Reynolds
1: and and the Young Bucks and those guys? No,
2: what did what did I what did I say about you working with Cody what, Rhodes? What's that? Because you were such a good friend with Dusty, and yeah. Dusty was such a a good friend to us mm-hmm. that.
1: That's the way that's
2: family. Yeah, Cody was family. Yeah,
1: right. So, anyway, uh, and then I got again, I got strung along by the WWE. I mean, exactly, I, I would try to get back with them, let them know what do you want me to do? What are you offering me? I know what I told them I wanted, and I told them that number, it could have scared them away. I thought, you know, my wife do not want me to go there, so I'm gonna give them this big number and see whether it's see if they balk on it. And basically, they got back to me and said. We um, we're sorry we have nothing for you. Thank you for applying. And I told the lady in HR who contacted me, "Sweetie, you reached out to me. I didn't call you." It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? So anyway, so here we are uh, now, uh, two plus years, three years into a contract, mm-hmm. basically with the with AEW. And living our best life ever, aren't we? Don't you think?
2: Well, you are. You're. <laughs> you, well, what about you? You're always gone. That, um,
1: don't you Don't you enjoy what we're doing? I mean, we live in the same house. Yeah. All the kids are out. We've got Thank two of the greatest God. little dogs in the world.
2: Yeah. Okay. And we're, we're. We have we're sex making on a regu- up.
1: We have sex on a regular basis.
2: Don't lie to people, Tony. That's not you.
1: Okay. Go ahead.
2: You don't like to be lied to, so don't lie to them. Okay. We do not have sex on a regular basis. Okay. <laughs> we think... Tony thinks about it on a regular basis, but okay. um, he refuses to with a senior citizen, so he, he screwed himself on that score.
1: Well, you know what the T-shirt says, don't you? What? <laughs> Old pussy's better than no pussy.
2: I've never seen that T-shirt. <laughs> okay, I've got to
1: show it. Forget it. Okay. Forget about oh, it. All right.
2: But, yeah, we we we're catching up with our home improvements mm-hmm. because... We let a lot of things slide. And we,
1: we got the we, we got a little bit of money to do that with now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That we didn't have. And um yeah, we're doing yeah, we're doing things. At last last June we did a two week road tour.
1: Right, because we uh,
2: We we packed up the dogs and we drove to Jacksonville. You did your little thing there in Jacksonville. Did My
1: little thing there. <laughs> Yeah, you did television the, in Jacksonville, Right, a, right. Li- well,
2: that's that's what you do. It's not thing. a little
1: thing. <laughs>
2: no, it's not for okay. you. But to me, it's it's what you do. We did that, okay. and I I stayed there, and um, I don't walk very well, so right, walking yeah. along the beach was rather difficult.
1: You got bad knees.
2: Yeah, I do yeah. have bad knees, which
1: means blow jobs out of the question but go ahead it I'm means sorry.
2: that yeah i'm probably looking at replacement but that's another story okay and i don't want to get into all the
1: and we drove up to baltimore because i could uh, I well was there we for... stopped
2: in in, in, wilmington in wilmington and saw, saw my saw niece. Family, yeah
1: went to baltimore mm-hmm. and saw and i did uh, the show with jeff jarrett and conrad
2: yeah, At Jimmy's and we famous ate Jim- uh, Jimmy's Famous. Oh my gosh! Yeah, blessed
1: blessed, oh. in the world. Oh yes, And then we it drove is. down the valley and we s- spent some time with uh, my friends there and my sister. Yeah, a little bit. And so we had a we had a good trip. And
2: my but, friends.
1: Yeah, you and your friends. So we,
2: so high we, school.
1: We uh, we we had a good time and. Uh, um,
2: and then came home, and it was right. two weeks of. Just the two of us yeah. stopped in, um, where did we stop in Virginia? Um, remember, yeah. it was yeah. raining in Ashland, and it was raining along 95. No. That's yeah. when the snowstorm stopped everybody last year. We
1: also went to Hanover County for the tomatoes, remember?
2: Right. That right. was in Ashland.
1: So that's, uh, that's a kind of an old,
2: there are two old people in a car driving <laughs> with their dogs. <laughs> oh, oh God. Look at this. Hey, I'm going to drive 55 miles of fucking. No, work. he doesn't. Tony does not drive 55 miles. of. Oh. I'll get in a car every time. And what's the first thing you say? Don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he drives like a New York cabbie. Yeah, he's, he's, he's hell on wheels. Yeah, so. That man of mine.
1: Well, anyway. So, uh, so, so, so here we are now. Uh, the in, life of Riley. Uh, in 2022, uh, getting ready to celebrate 41 years of marriage getting ready to celebrate your 70th birthday and uh,
2: and Tony's gone half the time and yeah. when he does come home we binge watch Netflix and, and that's
1: one shows. thing that that's,
2: isn't that something
1: that <laughs> yeah. I, I completely do not watch sports at all anymore I never and thought I would be th- sports is I, don't always- watch, I don't watch network TV well okay that's fine but sports was my life right right I' completely I mean we I did,
2: did not watch the Super Bowl
1: we did not watch Super Bowl we did not watch the final four. Uh we did Thank not Thank God I hate basketball. Okay, okay, I know, but we did watch the final couple of outs to the World Series because of Brian Snitker.
2: Yes, the Brian, last two innings. Right,
1: last two innings. And I didn't I did we didn't watch the national championship game.
2: We watched the last of it, didn't we? The
1: national championship game?
2: No. No. No, we I watched the middle of it or something. I didn't
1: watch any of it. Uh because and I, and I was working for the Georgia Bulldogs. I've completely cold turkeyed it. And that—that's kind of the way I do. When I walk away from something, I don't look back. I try not to look back. Well,
2: I keep looking back. Yeah, so I'm anyway, going to turn to but, salt. One
1: but we—we we, we watched the last couple of innings because Brian Snedeker is a friend of ours and a good man. Yes, he it was, is. It was so good of seeing that.
2: So. Yeah, that was—that was the best. He's a good man. Okay. So, and he's a fan.
1: Yes, of course he is. And he gave me a—he Chris gave me a great Christmas present. A Brian Snitker worn jersey from the World Series signed by him.
2: And what did and what did he say on it? On it it?
1: he said, uh to my from your favorite slapdick, Brian Snicker. So Yeah.
2: And wasn't that slapdick term coined with what happened when? You and Conrad coined. Right,
1: right. Yeah. 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 For those of you who want to know where the slapdick turn term came, uh a longtime coach uh for the georgia bulldogs basketball team was jim herrick he was also the coach of ucla very famous basketball coach uh unfortunately left the university of georgia under uh, terrible terms but he was in the radio station one day and we asked him coach herrick that's your end you want to take a few phone calls from the fans we're getting ready to do a talk show he said i don't want to talk to them slap dicks and i just freaking fell out so <laughs> Uh, when he said that Uh, so that's why that's where the term came from and of course that's what we use here on What Happened When so here we are uh, 31st year into the house and uh, coming up this week and two dogs six grandchildren five kids Matt working for Fox News in New York City has a daughter lives in uh, New Jersey Uh, Chris has three kids, uh, lives in Woodstock, has a very good job in, uh, in software sales. And they are actually down the Florida Keys right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry has two young kids, one uh, one and another one, two, lives in Woodstock. Works for me part-time and has another job. And uh, let's see, the, the twins, Tim brews beer for the Wrecking Bar.
2: He just got that job. The he bar. started out, when he first started brewing beer, he and Neil worked at the Wrecking Bar right. as helpers, Right, and Neil went on to become a, the master brewer there, but Tim went around from one place to another and and gained quite a reputation yes. as a uh, a brewer. Of he, basic,
1: he basically learned to brew beer under the deck here at the house.
2: Yeah. He yeah. and Neil both started right. by brewing beer underneath. So the if deck. you're in
1: the Atlanta area and you go to the wrecking bar, which is, at little five points, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of the avant garde part of Atlanta.
2: It's you, a hippie place. The
1: Hippie place. Okay. You go to the wrecking bar. Tim Schiavone is the master brewer there. Yeah. 10
2: years later. It. Yeah. I yeah. think, uh, Yeah, good things have happened to him since he started. John Michael works
1: for, at last we check, Nordstrom's in Seattle. Right. So that's our family, and uh, we've got six grandkids. We've got two dogs.
2: You said that. And we. You're repeating yourself. Okay. You're getting old.
1: I am, but I just want to let uh, everybody know who uh, subscribes on Patreon. Uh, Everyone know. Everyone know who's been with us, who are fans. Uh, I, I appreciate everyone. It's been a great life. Yeah.
2: yeah. You know what's really funny? You called this the lowest rules interview right. or podcast. Right. And we've done nothing but talk about you. Okay. That's okay. No, no, no. You're no, no, the no. best thing that ever happened to me.
1: Well, honey, that's tremendous. Yeah,
2: because I told my mom that Christmas before I met you, yeah. I said, there's, no, there's nobody out there. They're either married or they're gay. Or they're duds. Uh, okay. Yeah. Then cash then I, in my cash in my insurance policy. I'm never going to get married. I was going to be an old maid. Right.
1: And then I met you. And remember that time we had sex five times one day? No. Okay. So anyway, that that's never another story. Happened. <laughs> so so for people that don't know about you, okay, you went to, uh, tell us your, your story. Basically I you,
2: was born in Atchison, Kansas. Born in
1: Atchison, Kansas. And a, lived arm,
2: all over the country Army
1: brat, as just a, an Army a, brat. Just a catalog some of the place you can remember you you lived okay.
2: in. Okay. No, well I could go right down the line. Go down the line was born in Atchison, Kansas. We moved to Salt Lake City, Utah, Boise, Idaho, Richmond, Virginia, Berlin, Germany, Fort Sam Houston, Texas, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Um, back to Atchison, when Daddy went back to Korea, and then he came back after a year. We moved to Fort Knox, Kentucky, and we lived there for four years, and then in 1964, we moved to Pittsburgh. Um, We lived on a Nike site base in the suburbs, and Daddy taught ROTC ROTC mm-hmm. at the University of Pittsburgh, and that was his last duty assignment. He retired in '66. We moved to Thomas Brook, Virginia, and lived there for two years. And then we moved to Waynesboro. Daddy taught um, school at Massanutten Military Academy. Then we moved to Waynesboro. He taught at Fishburn Military Academy. By the way, where it, Vince McMahon was.
1: That's right.
2: Yeah. But Would that you, was, he, then, he was there before daddy was. Right, right. So, and then I graduated from Waynesboro High School.
1: Mm-hmm. And we. Oddly moved, enough, Waynesboro and my high school, Buffalo Gap, 30 miles apart.
2: Mm hmm. Right. Never knew you. Never knew
1: each other. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Then uh, we, after I graduated that summer, we moved to Greensboro and I went back to, to Madison College for mm-hmm. a year and a half mm-hmm. okay. in Harrisonburg. And then I dropped out. And moved back home What'd for you a drop semester. Out for? Uh, well, for one thing, they took away my in-state status as a student because I was accepted there as an in-state student, and because we had moved to Greensboro, they took that status away from me. And then uh, the next semester, they took away my state teacher scholarship because we no longer lived in the state of Virginia. Or okay. yeah, right. so and things were rough. I had a bad experience with roommates anyway, so I dropped out. Worked at the hospital for, oh, what, five, six months. Mm-hmm. My doctor, I was had an ear infection or something, middle ear infection. He told me that I had situational depression and to get my ass back in college. Mm-hmm. Good. So I did. I transferred to Appalachian. I went there for two years. I did summer school at um, that's Carolina.
1: That's Appalachian State University in
2: Boone. Appalachian okay. State University mm-hmm. in Boone, North Carolina. Okay. All right. And I worked at the radio station. There as a radio disc jockey and um, public affairs director. Okay. Graduated from there with a BAS in um, speech broadcasting. Well, speech with a concentration broadcasting minor in political science. And then I moved back home. Couldn't find work. This was 74. Before and most
1: of the people listening to us were born. Go ahead
2: yeah that's okay. when the gas prices uh, Yeah, that was the gas right. yeah. that was Jimmy went, Carter era yeah right. that okay. was the Jimmy Carter era I okay. worked for the Greensboro Police Department as a uh, in communications before they called them 911 dispatch Right. and um, then let's see I went back to school because the law enforcement got my blood and I got a degree from Guilford College in administration of justice and I worked for let's see the clerk of superior court. I worked for an attorney. I worked for the Department of Corrections, um, North Carolina State Department of Corrections, and then I decided to get my master's and went to U N C G uh, with a double major. Mm-hmm. Um, I quit after a year, but that's that's right. another story. That's really depressing. Okay. But I was um, I was a dorm mom. Mm at uh, UNCG. That was fun. That was fun. So, um, master, uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. I've Am done I, a lot you, of you, different you've got, jobs. You've got
1: two degrees, right? I
2: have two degrees. What are they? BAS and in, in, um, Bachelor of Administrative Sciences and that is... In? What um, was the
1: field, Lois?
2: I, I'm trying to think which, great, which degree went with... Administration of Justice. Okay, okay. Okay. And then a a BS in, or is it a BA? It's a
1: BS. I don't know. BS or B. Bachelor of Science, Bachelor of Arts, one of the two.
2: Well, the one that requires the the language.
1: Okay, that's arts.
2: Okay, so Bachelor of Arts in Speech, Broadcasting, Minor in Political Science. Okay, so you, and, and and, Let's see a double, double, and a year of um, and a master's level. But after five years, you know that you lose it, so you have to start all over anyway. So
1: uh, you, uh, you were when I met you, not only absolutely gorgeous, and you still are. Thank uh, you, honey. You're welcome. But you were the smartest person I ever met in my life. Uh, Yeah.
2: But you also told the kids when they had to do that career stuff um, in middle school. Mm-hmm. That they had to go and interview family members and and who they were and write down the highest level of education they got, and you told the kids that your that their mother was the um, over at most overeducated person for their job.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Seven years of of. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. So when Lois and I were dating before we got married, or I think after we got married, you got a chance to. Work for the for, to be a policeman right
2: right I had yeah, that was what I wanted to do was to be a cop and they and I had applied uh-huh. for um several different agencies, one was in Burlington when I uh, applied for that when you have to pass a physical exam, yeah, and when I did it they I was the first woman that had ever done pass the straight arm chin up really? on the first try, yeah
1: boobs must have been a lot smaller than they are now.
2: Uh, that was before babies, so yes, okay, okay. definitely. Right. But I didn't get that job. I didn't get it with Winston and I had tried with, with Greensboro right. and I got a letter right after we were married yeah. that wanted to know if um, I wanted them to consider me or consider my application that they were starting another And
1: I put the kibosh school. on that, didn't I? Yes, you did. I And I. that's something I really regret. Really? Yeah, I do.
2: Well, Tony... If I had started in that class, we mm. moved to Charlotte, yeah. six months later, yeah. I mean well, and I got pregnant with Matt, so yeah, it was i get it yeah but I, but I look at it this way my whole life
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, and I don't want to get all religious and testimonies here, but it has been when one door closes, a right. window opens, right. and it's like i i I look back on my life, and I have seen that I have been in the places that I was supposed to be. Yes, it was a good experience, and I learned a lot about law enforcement and criminal justice. I learned a lot about police work and, and the corrections and working for an attorney's, working in the clerk's office. Yeah, I worked in judicial hospitalization doing involuntary court commitments for the mentally ill and inebriates. Wow. So, um, yeah, the joke was it takes one to know one. Yeah. So they put me in that office. Right. So, um, but yeah, I've had some great experiences mm-hmm. that have been it made my life more interesting mm-hmm. in a sense, but it's also given me a foundation mm-hmm. to teach the kids, right. you know? Yeah. And to guide them. But I've also said that the best education I ever got was being a mother. Mm-hmm. I learned more from my kids than I ever right. did in seven years of post high school.
1: Right? Yeah. Well, it's it went by fast. I also a couple of things that I need to say about you, and I and I've said this before. Uh, you one time you said to me that you you were in tears and you said that you thought that. I left baseball what I love to do wrestling only because that I needed the money to support a family. And mm-hmm. and you said if it wasn't for me, marrying me, you could st- you probably would still be doing baseball now. And the answer to that was, I told you no, I loved wrestling. And I would have taken that wrestling job regardless if I had a family or not, mm-hmm. because I loved it. And so
2: I don't remember that as much as I remember about um you saying to me, if it weren't for you, I would have gone back home. Well, it was when, we, when we first met.
1: When we first met, the people that worked for the radio station at Greensboro were not kind to us.
2: Not to me. Not they to you. Were to you because
1: I met you at the radio station, and they were they were not kind to you, and I was pissed off about them, and I was mad at them, and I thought, you know what? I'll just drive back home and say fuck it, and not even do this again. So. But I'm glad I stayed the course. And you said the one thing that you've always done, you've never been the type of wife that worries about where the next paycheck's going to come from. Never. There are some people, that husbands have lost their job, and now they're worrying about their lifestyle. They're worrying about this and that. You've never pressured me to get a job. And I never had
2: to, Tony, because I, I knew that you... You, your work ethic and your talent is so remarkable mm-hmm. that, yeah, you could fall, but you'd get back up again, and it wasn't going to be the end. Right. You, you have that work ethic and you have that talent that I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember how despondent you were with with WSB, mm-hmm. and I remember when the manager of the braves franchise in richmond called you
1: yeah uh bruce baldwin
2: yes and you were talking to him mm-hmm. and at the time you were doing radio in in um
1: with ws in
2: gainesville but no that but WD i also did Wing. i
1: also did gainesville georgia high school football and, right and, did
2: and he asked you if you knew of a station that could Carry, yeah, the, the because Gwinnett they were Grace. moving to and Gwinnett, I,
1: and I said yes, and he, and then he said, well, you know, we're talking to the station uh, in Gainesville, AM five fifty, WDUN, and I said, well, I do sports for them? And he said, you want to be my announcer, and that's how I got the job with Gwinnett. Just kind of one of mm-hmm. those.
2: See, it's like, and it's it's like God has put you in the right place with the right people at every turn. So even when something bad. Happened like losing WSB, mm-hmm. you always yeah. landed on your feet. Yeah. I've never had to worry about that. Man. Plus, I'm not one of those that keeps up with the Joneses. Right. You know, I like live in East Cop, but my house is not a museum. It's a home.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. So, anyway, I just want to let you know I appreciate that. It's always been a lot to me. You've never put pressure on me and you've always had confidence in me. And I love you for that.
2: Well, I love you because you're. Tony fucking Schiavone.
1: Yeah. So, so we got, so, so now that
2: I'm not going to get mushy on you because you're going to make me cry. Okay. And I promise anytime that I get in, uh-huh. in any situation, uh-huh. I'm not going to cry.
1: Yeah. And you're crying now.
2: I got tears in my eyes. I yes. Because you said that. So but.
1: now that I've put you over for an hour and a half, can we have sex tonight?
2: You want a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ
1: mother of five grandmother of six <laughs> Stop, it.
2: <laughs> Stop it's just over because i gotta pee <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: and listen i just want to know uh because i just do uh, i've been very fortunate and i appreciate everyone who follows us on patreon everyone who listens to what happened when uh, we, I'm living the best life ever now, thanks to AEW, and thanks to the fans, thanks to all of you out there who listen and have sent the letters in and want me to sign the cards and, and all of that. Uh, and th-
2: Yeah, if we didn't get cards and letters from your fans, mm-hmm. all we'd get is junk mail.
1: <laughs> well, we again, we do not want you to send them to our house. We want you to send them to our mailbox. Uh, and I've put that on before, so you can find that in the archives. All right, sweetheart. Is that it? Yeah, we've been. Are doing... we through yet? Uh, no. <laughs> you got to pee?
2: Eventually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she snorted. Snort again for you me. Do... No, you do that on. on
1: purpose. Snort again I'm, for you.
2: I'm not, because I'm not going to wet my pants <laughs> on <Okay. from> radio.
1: <laughs> Did I tell you the one about the man and the dog and the woman he wanted to take them fishing
2: <laughs> I think you did but I've forgotten it all right. so all
1: right we're not gonna tell it here
2: okay so, good right. I, I don't think you should there's there's you know eventually you're gonna have to make this family friendly okay
1: yes <laughs> hey so like I say when I sign off
2: what do I say play at a time yeah and the whole house shakes when he says it and it's usually upstairs in his in his office uh-huh. and even with the door closed everybody can hear everybody being me and the dogs uh-huh.
1: so for lois shivani lois burger Shavani, who i married 41 years ago i'm tony shivani
2: and i'm lois shivani saying what saying have a good night everybody desperately out of time oh we're desperately out of time and i gotta pee (laughs) (laughs) now you want me to say something else we're desperately out of time and i gotta go
0: by now you know that everything is crazy overseas and well that's created some volatility in the market we actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention, this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up, what would you do if you had no credit card debt, just like that, it was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at savewithconrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans, buddy, where is that going? what if we could restructure all of your debt use some of this newfound equity and at the same time get you out of debt faster you see what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage yes we're going to get you a great rate but if you're in a 30-year loan think about what your life looks like 30 years from now man life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt free and that's what we want to help you do and by the way you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket and oh as a heads up if you've been thinking hey man I like my house, but my kitchen's kinda outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves, and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all. Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's gonna make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at savewithconrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at conradreviews.com. You'll see there, we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com.